had grand designs for this talk. Um, uh, one idea I thought was I could uh, revisit my the talk I gave two days ago and correct all the mistakes that I made <laughs> and clarify what I meant by faith, clarify what I meant by discipline, clarify what I meant by gentleness. And then I thought, no, maybe it would be more appropriate if I, you know, delivered like a summation of all the topics that I touch upon in the two other talks that I gave in the practice period and revisit all of that and tie it up into a nice, you know, complete understanding of the Dharma <laughs> for me. Um, that's what I should do on the fourth day. And I, I uh, so I set out, took some notes yesterday, and then I decided I'm gonna wake up early this morning and work on my talk. And I snoozed. Okay, I'll go to the coffee shop and work there. So I got my coffee, opened up my notebook, and, and like clockwork, Jeffrey came in we started talking. <coughs> so all those hopes and dreams were dashed. So I finally made it here, and I was in the bathroom changing. And I saw, again, that verse in the bathroom, which Usually, I don't even notice when I'm drying my hands. Caught in a dream of self, only suffering. Holding to thoughts exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. My first relationship, that has been in the bathroom for a decade now. And every time I would read it, I, I would get to the second line, holding to thoughts exactly the dream. Okay, there's the problem. That's where I have to work. I'll see these thoughts clearly, and I'll let them go, and somehow presence and compassion will be generated. But I think it's reversed. And this is actually where I am right now on, like, on my journey of faith. If, we can, if I can start out, I'm not going to say we, I'm going to say I for now. If I just start with being just this moment, devoted to just this moment, with whatever, with whatever I'm meeting, that itself is an act of compassion. Compassion just means feeling with. It's a meeting. And something happens in that meeting that is a teaching. That meeting itself is a teaching. It's an act of compassion, and it's teaching compassion. An act of compassion, and it's teaching compassion. And in the midst of that, 
we begin to see the nature of that arising. We begin to go back to the second line to see how holding on to the thought, we construct the dream of self. And in the pro process of trying to prepare for this talk, I kept having to go back to the last verse, being just this moment, compassion's way. I don't know what I'm gonna talk about. I want to fix what I talked about earlier. I need to be better than I was in the other talk. Each time I let life interrupt that, I was thrown back into, I was thrown back into a, first a, a sensation of I don't know. It, and it wasn't the thought I don't know, it was a, a bodily sensation of I don't know that opened up the heart. And I could tell in that moment, I could almost see myself toggling back and forth between my idea of what I wanted to do and resting in this moment of, of heart opening. And I saw myself over, you know, even in this last zazen period, when I take the zazen period off so I could finally get my thoughts together, I could see myself toggling back and forth between the open-heartedness of not knowing and, and my best laid plans. So my last strategy was to actually go to the storeroom, which is the only place where nobody was. So I had to open my notebook up, turn the lights on, and I saw the, the cheating instructions you know, the people, for the people who were preparing the altar. And the instructions for preparing the bowl of ash, again, it's a, it's a quatrain. Prepare the bowl of ash. This will take patience. Breathe. The surface should look, look like the surface of the moon. Imperfection is beautiful. All these teachings were hidden in plain sight, taped to the wall in the bathroom, in the storeroom. They're in the kitchen too, right? To prepare soup is to be sincere. On the fourth day of Sashin, my room is, the Zen is very settled. Feels very still. Maybe there's some tears, there's heartbreak. But it feels uh, held throughout. The fourth day can sometimes feel like the, almost like we begin to uh, experience the fruits of the effort that we made in the first three days, or the first five days if we, if we came to the pre-Rahatsu. There's this subtleness. There's an effort and an energy that's coursing 
to the center. But it's no longer our energy or our effort. We're all sharing in it. So I think that's something we can enjoy and that we can rest in. You know, by now, Orioki has really become this, this kind of non-dual choreography of giving and receiving. We don't need to play a part in, in it anymore. We can just be there for that moment and bow to the server. And, and the nourishment is there. So that's, for me, that's wonderful. And I think it's, it's, a, it's joyful. And something to celebrate. You know, tomorrow, we're going to start the schedule earlier. And we'll celebrate the Buddha's awakening and our own awakened nature. But I keep wanting to come back to the fourth line from the poem in the bathroom. Being just this moment, compassion's way. I always want to elide over compassion. And Laura always reminds me, shows me the way I do that. And I don't want to do that. I vow not to do that. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Even as this effortless effort courses through us, and even if we might experience a feeling of ease, it's an opportunity to continue practicing compassion. As we open up and we become more tender, maybe more and more things will arise. Sometimes more subtle ways we grasp or more subtle ways we avert. Or sometimes not so subtle. The spaciousness and effort that's been generated, it's really, I think, a good opportunity to how do I say this? The opportunity to practice compassion is, is boundless. You know, the process of sashin, we sit together for days. And sit with our suffering. And we're taught over the course of the sashin how to be with it to be with ours and to be with others. And I just want to encourage us to keep, to keep training in that way. You know, the journey of faith, I can see it, look at on a, 
on a micro level, just through the course of a session that we, we journey together, opening our hearts, and we can see how we can begin to trust that we can actually live from here. That it's actually not the end of life as we know. Well, actually, it is the end of life as we know it. But it's the beginning of life as we don't know it. So that kind of faith can bloom in Sashin. And then next week, we'll go back. Do I dare mention? <laughs> I was warned. I don't, you know, I don't want to plant that seed. But no, we'll go back to, um, you know, whatever life we left behind to come to a five-day retreat will be waiting for us. But it's, it's not another life. I was kind of thinking maybe you could bring something from this life and plant it in that other life so that when you go back, you'll see, what's that? Oh, now I remember. I was in that other life to remind you that there's actually no separation between. There's no separation between. Oh, could you get me a chant book? And the <coughs> another thing I'm beginning to have faith in is that compassion is not something that needs to be generated. Um, we chanted it earlier. See if I can find it. Nor will we lack in faith that upon meeting it, we shall renounce worldly affairs and maintain the Buddha Dharma. Again, this, this clarifies the order. We don't have to renounce the worldly affairs so that we can maintain, so that we can uh, meet the true dharma. We can just meet it. If we can return to that intention of meeting it, that is an act of renunciation, and compassion is there. We don't have to manufacture the compassion. That's what I mean to say. Kosen was talking yesterday about one of the reasons for studying the self, studying our karma, studying our conditioning, is to see where compassion is called for. So when we turn towards that, the call will come. That's what I'm starting to realize. The call for compassion comes with looking at the dynamics of our own conditioning. And when we can be with it, the response comes too. We don't have to manufacture the calling. We don't have to manufacture the response. So I think that's what, what they mean when the, when the, in the koan where it says compassion is like reaching behind your head in the night for a pillow. 
We don't have to devise strategies of compassion. The body and the heart have the, are already set up with all that technology. You can just practice coming back to this moment with an intention to be available for that. That the ongoing effort is to remember that intention. And I think that's where Sangha is really important. So the Sangha is the means by which our intentions are clarified and uh, called forth. We call forth each other's intentions. I feel like challenging Tia right now. And she says, we have to sit. For those of you who don't know Tia, you'll have an opportunity to meet her. She's coming in the spring. She'll be leading a three-day retreat in March. We have to sit. And I think we have to sit together when we can. And I think the long retreat, again, channeling Tia, I think the long retreats are important for, for the ongoing cultivation of faith in each other and the practice. You know, the, the slow burn. You know, Suzuki Roshi talks about the, the image of the of the monks walking in the mist, not realizing in each moment, not in each moment, not feeling that they're getting wet, but finally arriving drenched to the bone. So faith can be like that. And so that's a journey that we can do together over five days and then together over a lifetime. So I guess I just want to end by thanking all of you for, for the sincerity of your practice. I get to sit facing out. So I see, I see firsthand the effort and the heart opening. And it opens my heart and, and supports. It's a great support. So I want to thank all of you for the uh, awakening that intention in yourselves and for each other. Because the world needs hearts that are, that can exercise that intention uh, in a resilient and loving way. So this work is really it's really good. So thank you very much. May our intention Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. 
Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.